Today on the Movement of Color podcast, Byron and myself, we go deep into the Democratic campaign. We tear them apart, we talk about the issues, and then we shit on them. My name is Brandon Payton Carrillo, and before we continue on to the main portion of our episode today, I just want to remind folks to... Take a gander at our Patreon page. Um, it's uh, patreon.com backslash movement of color. Uh, we'll be adding more and more free stuff for those who feel like this is a worthy cause to invest in. So, you know, kicking a dollar, kicking five, kicking ten, whatever you can. All right. Thank you. Byron, we got more Democratic candidates we can shake a stick with. Life truly is pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what is our total number now? Uh, I think with Joe Biden's recent announcement, we have reached 21. So that means one unlucky uh, contestant has to uh, go home uh, and not go to, to the debates. <laughs> yes. Man, that's going to be a clusterfuck. And aren't they... As a side note, the whole debates thing is determined by how they're doing polling-wise, right? So, like, people who don't make the 1%, they're, like, fucked, right? It's a mix. Um, so, what I've heard, it's – I think I, I think they're not even going to do it by polls. They're, they're going to do it by um, unique donations to their camp, to their campaigns. Ooh. So, yeah, I think the, the recent number was 65,000 unique donations um, to basically get a spot. Wow, that's a very capitalist way of having yeah. a fucking debate. Yes, it is. Weird. Okay. So, we are essentially going to talk about our favorite new candidates, and by favorite, the ones we're most likely to believe that they were born of our assholes, and <laughs> we flushed down the toilet. Yeah, some real born-to-roll fuckers. <laughs> yes. So up first, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, um, Uncle Joe. Uh, the he's running for the feel, couple feeler in chief. Yes. Uh, so uh, just to just to preface this, uh, we as we were doing research uh, for this segment, uh, we found this wonderful fucking website called JoeBiden.info, um, and I'm not. Let us, I'm not going to dive too deep into it, but it is one of the like the weird. Like the, it, it's clearly a joke meant at Joe Biden's expense and good, um, but it is mm, just fucking like real fucking Gen Z shit. Yeah, I agree. JoeBiden.info. Check it out. But he's really problematic, and his entry into you know the whole primary thing has been pretty problematic, wouldn't you say? Oh yes, um, like he—he's like the Kool Aid Man, except like not cool and not breaking down walls, except like just making them worse. Um, <laughs> so 
fucking Joe Biden, in his infinite wisdom, has decided that for his like campaign announcement ad thing, he's like that's like three minutes long. Um, he basically was like in a room, basically a soundstage, um, kind of just very much like just close up to his face, um, saying like, "Oh, uh, we like you know we live in dangerous times. Like uh, Trump is like very bad, and he says all these wrong things." Um, and then fucking while he's saying that, as that while that's his voiceover. The fucking campaign ad shows like footage from Charlotte from the from the August twelfth Charlottesville rally, um, and like shows all these neo Nazis and people getting beat up and shit, and like it just like that's basically what it is for like three fucking minutes, um, and that's like one that's fucked up like trying to like use that specifically um, when everyone is telling you not to. Um, I think it was. Um, Heather Heyer's um, mom, like, literally, like, broke her recent silence, um, basically to tell Joe Biden, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and he, of course, like, just shrugged it off because um, it's Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the fact is, like, if you know, like, I think we've recently we've talked a little bit about his history in a previous in our previous Dem 2020 Hell World um, episode. Um, like, this dude has basically done more damage to like the two people of color than fucking any like white supremacist terrorist violence. Um, since like in, within like the, what's like since the eighties, like, like all combined, like this dude's done more. Like he passed the fucking crime bill, uh, where the infamous super predator idea came from, um, that criminalized black and brown folks. Um, he was for gutting. Um, he was basically part of that Democratic Party caucus that like gutted welfare um, and like just dropped the bottom out of like millions of fucking poor people. Um, a lot, most, a lot of whom were people of color, uh, specifically single mothers. Um, this dude, like, he's he like it, like white supremacists would fucking like jizz their pants. If they even got close to the amount of damage that he did, and he has the fucking like fucking balls to just go out there and claim to be on the right side of fucking history on this, like that that alone. I mean, that on top of all the fucking constant groping and probable uh, sexual and like very much sexual harassment he's done in the past, like how how is he even still here? Like he's only here because of Obama and this weird liberal fetish of like them being bros and going on adventures together. It's an actual comic like that. You can it's it's online. You can find it. Um, it's real. I, I saw it was at a comic shop. Um, but that's like the only reason because of this literal mythology that he's built up around himself through his association with Obama. That like people just love him. I guess. Yeah, they love him because of that, and they believe that the Obama administration was. A golden age when men were civil and they put country first and all the other bullshit that people whisper around and there was compromise and all this other horse shit. But that was obviously clearly a myth and um, people of color were usually the ones on the shaft end of it all. So fuck Biden. Yeah. that's 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 that really is like one of the concise messages I've, I've luckily been hearing like all over Twitter and like from a lot of people, even from like liberals are like, yeah, no, fuck Biden. He's shit. <laughs> yeah. Biden would be the next Hillary Clinton if you got the nomination. 
Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest, like, most of the Democratic candidates would basically just, are just, like, rehashed versions of Hillary. Yes. Like, Hillary, Hillary is, like, the ultimate, like, synthesis of, like, all those tendencies. But, like, they, they each have, like, specific aspects to it. And then they all, like, put their neoliberal rings together and form uh, Captain Planet. Oh, no, Captain <laughs> Neoliberal. <laughs> Captain Neoliberal. Gosh. I almost vomited a little bit in my mouth. Um, speaking of Captain Neoliberal, um, here is, I think he probably has the Earth ring in Captain Neoliberal. Uh, actually, no, he has the heart ring of Captain <laughs> Neoliberal. Uh, number two, Pete Buttigieg. Ah, yes, Pete Buttchug. Um So, Pete, oh, poor Pete. Um like he he kind of t- he he's he's very much like the the favorite of the type of like the specific type of liberal identity politics not like the socialist uh, identity politics um the liberal version where it's not a matter of um real genuine policy or um actually having a, a voting history that is in favor of um liberation um or hell even just survival um, no, it's just a matter of checking off all the right boxes, and he checks off a lot of them. He's a veteran. He's openly gay and married. He's um, shit. What else is he? <laughs> um, he's like, a, he's like a bunch of things. A mayor of a small town in Indiana. Oh my god, that's like Indiana! Holy shit! Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's the Midwest. You know, he's from the Midwest. The heartland. Um, even though he went to fucking Harvard and Oxford. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, he's he's totally from the fucking Midwest. Uh, he, you know, yeah, he was he was in the he was in the Navy, but he wasn't actual like like he was he was intelligence. Like people people don't always forget that. Like they imagine that everyone who joins um, the U.S. military like serves combat or or hell, even so logistic. No, he was he was intelligence. Hmm. Not my kind of seaman. <laughs> But, yeah, so Pete Buttigieg, besides the fact that he is an amalgamation of all types of um, identity politics that liberals play, he also has some shitty platforms as well. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck. Like, every time – well, but that's – it's difficult because I don't – I still don't know what his platform is. Like, I've, I've watched his speeches, and I get nothing from them. Like, he says a lot. No, no, he, he talks a lot, but he says fucking nothing in terms of policy, which is something that, like, Hillary Clinton was also really fucking great at. Um, like, he just he, – he's like Beto O'Rourke where or, – or fucking Robert um, where – that's his real fucking name uh, – where he just uses all this rhetoric and, I, and like, you know, soaring uh, – uh, like, the soaring language and all this, like, you know, hope and change fucking language. But, like, when it terms of, like, okay, what are you going to do to, like – you know, help us like not die to police or uh, make it so like we have welfare again and can get back on our feet or help us like, you know, unionize a workplace or get like a living, a living wage or health care or any of that shit. He is absolutely fucking none of that. Like there's there's none of that ever fucking comes through. And then he also I think he kind of does this thing where he temperature checks policy because I don't think he has policy, but he'll say something like, I think we should have. Some sort of public service for all Americans. 
What the fuck does that mean? Uh, Cerberus guarantees citizenship, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's some real Starship Troopers shit. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And, you know, is this mandatory service? Are we going to be conscripted into the army? Are we going to be conscripted into the Peace Corps? Are we going to, you know, go into the Starfleet? You know, what the fuck does that mean? And when people ask him, he's like, I know it's it's something that um, Macron was literally pitching where it's like, our young kids don't know anything about uh, civil society and, and. like the necessity for engagement or whatever. So like either you're going to get drafted into the military or if you don't want to do that, um, we're going to put you into civil service somehow, like, like for like a year, like um, basically you're being drafted um, into doing something for the government, uh, basically for like very, very little money. Yep. Ain't that America? Yep. So Buttigieg, um, he's a shit talker. Uh, he's recently, you know, compared Bernie to Trump, which is ridiculous. Totally apt, yeah. Totally apt comparison, sir. Yeah, you know, it's uh, if you know, if you, if uh, unlike you, um, who does not have a degree um, from Harvard, uh, clearly I know I'm qualified to know um, the specific definitions of populism um, and uh, uh, saying things and having people respond to them <laughs> because they're actual policies, at least, you know. such bullshit and the funny thing is I know people who I believe are smart they're like oh he's very smart he's very well spoken I think he might have a chance to win what about Pete Buttigieg and I'm just like no 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 I've been through this before I you know 2008 before I really got radicalized I'm like oh man this Obama guy he says everything that I understand. I get what he's t- trying to say. He's like, he's speaking to me. Looking back at it, the things that he said and promised, the cooler things never fucking happen. And then everything else was the soaring rhetoric of hope and change. And Buddha Judge, you know, he wants to express his values more than actual policy. He'll save that for when he's president. Oh, fuck. That's like, that, that was like, that really was like the, kind of one of the real radicalizing moments for like a lot of people I, I know, especially. And like, cause like it literally happened to you where it's like, you're promised open change. You're promised all these things, which like, even he's not like, he, he's like abandoned the promising and he just does hope and change. Like at least Obama promised Medicare for all. At some level, right? Yeah. But, like, he doesn't do shit. He even turned around with doing some shit about, you know, reforming our education system. Um, Buttigieg what? doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> what little he's, like, given is, has, he's, like, already walking back on. It's, like, like, he really is, like, but again, like, he's not running on policy, on any real change in the system. He's running on... Basically saying the right buzzwords that will get like basically like middle class people who who at most only like experience a little bit of pain um, and just seeing like if that's enough and it probably will be enough. Um, he, he's he's like not all the way up there in the polls, but he's like gaining, but he's like 
going up there, usually by cannibalizing other neoliberals, um, like the the other neoliberal candidates' bases, like bases. Um, but it's 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 just annoying and a pain in the ass, and I hope he fucking drops out or something. We if just, only so I, we don't have to listen to him again. <laughs> for sure. So let's move on to the next pain in the ass. And this one, because we don't want to leave out the women in our conversation, Amy Klobuchar. Yes. Uh, yes, the, the, the Serena of, uh, of D.C. Um, <laughs> she is very much uh, – there's this very, very good uh, New York Times article um, that goes on to like how her, – her like almost infamous treatment of her staffers – um, and like interns and stuff, um, she's like known for just screaming at them, um, constantly berating them. Just like, I mean, what can barely bore like what what I would call abuse, uh, like employer abu- uh, uh, like abuse of employees. Um, and she just kind of like it's just kind of hand waved by a lot of people. Where it's like, oh no, it's it's fine. It, it builds character or whatever. That's some bullshit. Yeah, no, that's that is the literal language used by like weird libertarians who want like child labor laws abolished or it's like oh yeah you should send kids out there so they can uh build character and lift themselves up by their bootstraps and shit like no it's it's abuse it's like literally abuse apologia like it, it no it, it it's fucked up and it shouldn't be allowed and like why the fuck is she here <laughs> yeah because let's be honest um she was hand in glove with hillary clinton and you know she she stood by her and I think this is another symptom of the Hillary effect, the Hillary fetish, where you got these older women, older white women in particular, who thought, oh man, their world was fucked when Hillary Clinton lost. It was completely fucked. So what can we do? Let's, let's, what's our, who's our Hillary 2.0? Well... What's her face? Uh, Claire McCaskill from uh, Missouri. Well, she's fucked because she lost her election. So she can't go nowhere. Who else do the Dems have that have that pantsuit swagger? Amy Klobuchar. That's all you're really left with. Because, I mean, some people, you know, Black Hillary, you know, Kamala Harris, that's a little too far radical for them. But Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, you know, she has those Midwestern values that I hear people talk about so fucking much. And I live in the Midwest. And most people aren't assholes like Amy Klobuchar. Um, But I think she's just a symptom of more Hillary fetishization in the Democratic Party. Yeah, I mean, like... Like the, the the whole thing about Amy Klobuchar and like the, the people who support her specifically, um, like no, you're, you're right. They do consider Kamal Harris like too like too too much for them, um, which is definitely fucking saying something because uh, it's yeah. fucking Kamala Harris. Um, like, but like then I can only imagine like what what did I think about Elizabeth Warren? Because like she's like I mean like you know uh, I have criticisms of her just like I had criticisms of Bernie. But like at least like like she's like going out there like saying we need to like abolish student debt <laughs> like like not like abolish tuition like abolish the like the debt too which is like as a college student like it's like yeah that's that, that sounds like a good idea it's worked before in history like you no know, that that shit can that shit's a good idea 
um, like I can only imagine um, Ava Klobuchar supporters like hearing that and just like their brains exploding because it's, it's like it's so out of their field of like like they're, they're in their mindscape of like what is politically possible or even desirable um, for that. Yeah, they're they're the people who would say to like abolishing student debt. But how are we going to teach the kids the responsibility of paying their debts if we just <laughs> let them get free of it? Oh my God! And closure our supporters are the people uh, is are like that that one person on Twitter who was like, um, uh, I don't think we should abolish uh, abolish student debt because I had to pay for it and they should have to too. <laughs> yeah, that's some poor shit selfish logic. So much Frida is really pissed off about it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, let's let's move on uh, to to Eric Solwell, um, who's one of the more obscure uh, candidates in, in in the race so far. Yes, Eric Solwell. He has really two claims to fame. One, he goes on Bill Maher on the regular. Like when Bill Maher can't fill his uh, panel with anybody. He's like, fuck, you know, I don't know, Michael Moore, he's in a traffic accident or, you know, something. Who do we have to fill in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eric Swallow. Yeah, M- M- Michael Moore is uh, indisposed to uh, dunk on <laughs> to dunk on him uh, for like the fifth time. <laughs> yes. So you have that. So he's always on real time with Bill Maher. That's fine. Interesting sometimes. But now, his other claim to fame is having a mandatory buyback program for assault weapons. Yeah. Um, So, uh, guns are always an interesting thing because um, the the usual white, middle-class liberal view of guns, um, if you're you're on on the Democratic side of the white middle class... Um, is like guns are bad and we need to get rid of them. They're a danger to individuals and society as a whole. I'm like, yeah, like I generally go with that set resentment to like a certain extent, but like the the way they go about it is you, you like almost always leads to either like you know is either fueled uh, by racism and classism um, and a general fear a fear of the other. Or it's and or it's a result of, of policymaking, um, and this is like one of the one of the ones where I seriously don't like his his specific form of gun control um, that is going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. The government already doesn't like it when people of color have guns, so they're probably going to go after their guns first, and the other people who have all the guns. Well, when they decide to go out to rural America and like, all right, time to buy back that AR-15. Well, there's going to be hell to pay. They're not going to just give it over. And it's going to play into that whole bullshit conspiracy idea about, oh, this is how the race war is going to start because the government, the Democrats are going to take our guns. They're going to take our guns and then um, implement, you know, I don't know. King, we'll bring back Obama again. He'll be our yeah. king. For, forced, uh, forced mixed race marriages. <laughs> yes, yes. There'll be forced mi- um, mixed race marriages because we got to perpetuate the Obama babies. 
Yeah. And, and, and white genocide. And white genocide. <laughs> and um, the globalist will have a firm control over our society, and there'll be a one-world government. No, the the only the only good the only possible silver lining I see from this policy being implemented um, when it eventually gets enforced on white people is like seeing that the gears turn in like in in like you know like white reactionary uh, world people and like the white upper middle class suburbanites who like also like are obsessed with like gas and flags and like. And all that, and all the, all the, all like I don't like government um, because uh, <laughs> I don't like government because like uh, it doesn't let me uh, oppress my uh, black neighbors. <laughs> yes, um, like type shit. Where like I want to see their like their heads turn when their whole like blue lives matter, like thin blue line ideology, like goes right headfirst into like the government is bad um, and they're coming to like and like. The, and like the the government's gonna come for our weapons because like it's the police who are gonna do this, but they also love the police because they're all bootlickers. Yes. So like, what the fuck is gonna happen? <laughs> like, like how how are, how is that? How are those two contractor ideas like gonna pan out? Like, what's what is what is the um, what is the uh, what, what is the Hegelian synthesis of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, my fantasy is a scenario in which. They go into like San Juan Capistrano or Naperville, Illinois, or you know, Brookfield, Wisconsin. The suburbs Orange of the County. Fucking <laughs> Southern Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like the cops come to the door, they knock. Doom, doom, doom. And they're like, We're here to confiscate your guns. And they're like, But no, we we bought these guns legally. They're our property. They're our property. Well, we're here with money. We'll give you some money, but we're taking your guns. And they're like, "No, no, this is America. This isn't. This isn't a real thing." And then the cops kick down their door. They shoot their dog, and then they drag them off to jail. All while they sodomize their sister. That is my dark fantasy on that. What will happen in actual reality? The minute the cops go to the door, they're like, "Doom, doom, doom," and they're like, "We're here for your guns." And I know like, we don't want to give them up. And then the cops will be like, oh, yeah, that's a, it's a stupid law. I don't really want to enforce it. I don't believe it in myself. And fuck it. You keep your guns and then I'll mobilize and that law will be overturned. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it, it will literally be like prohibition all over again where it was primarily enforced on, like, immigrant communities who had, like, a tradition of alcohol. Basically, anyone who, anyone who wasn't white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant – who lived outside of the cities, like, um, was basically a target of pro was basically the main target of prohibition. Um, like it's, it's just going to be like that all over again. Yeah. So we could agree that Eric Smallwell, he's a guy of poor ideas. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, he's either going to like help start like, um, reactionary, like, like marauding war bands, <laughs> like basically like help jumpstart like a, a civil war or some shit or like a rural insurgency, uh, like reactionary insurgency, or he's just got to get a lot or, or like basically they just kind of only target like black and brown people, which they probably very much will. 
Um, and it's just going to cause even more black and brown deaths <laughs> and, like, pr- imprisonment. Yeah, so he's all around a good guy. All right, let's move on from this shit bag. Yes, oh. to, to our last candidate yes. for the segment. Who's a weird one for me. He's a mixed bag for me. I want to like him, but then there's something about him that just seems really fucked. Andrew Yang. Yes. Uh, yes, the, the the head of the Yang gang, as all the weird millennials and Gen Z people call him. That's a thing, really? Yeah, no, Yang gang, yeah. It's 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 really weird. Yeah, it's it's like really only done like in weird Twitter circles, red, like certain subreddits, and like 4chan. They are aware that it's only one letter away from gangbang, right? I mean... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but Andrew Yang, um, he really he really is probably the most like mixed bag of 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 this kind of uh, of this whole race because like some of his ideas are like not even necessarily bad on the surface, um, like universal basic income or the freedom dividend that he calls it or whatever. Um, it's basically UBI. Uh, that's like. Yeah, like if implemented, if implemented well, it could be a good idea. Um, but the way he implements it is pretty bad. Um, like basically, the, the way he wants to do it is like kind of again because he, he's from Silicon Valley. He's a, he's like a entre- tech entrepreneur, whatever the fuck that title means. Um, he essentially wants to like have um, like a, a thousand bucks a month replace all social program like basically all social welfare programs <laughs> like that's essentially what it is um that that is silicon valley ubi um and like the way it works is like oh if you get social security or if you get like um healthcare or if you get like whatever from the government um it, it's deducted from your like thousand bucks a month that's so bullshit yeah no it's 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 literally gonna just gotta like um Basically, just like, oh, here's a thousand bucks, but then we're gonna leave you to like the whims of the fucking market. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and then people who actually get a little assistance, Social Security, which is something they paid into and their employer paid in for them later in lieu of, you know, less social insurance, like those fuckers, you know, they lose out on their fucking grand. They lose out on their money. That sucks. Um, here's another one that I think is one of his better policies. But the way he tries to market it with this whole tech entrepreneurial thing is essentially time banking. I love time banking. It's great for communities who don't have a lot of liquid capital or cash on hand. How do we get around that? How do we make, you know, things happen? Well, with our time. So, for example, Byron, I need, um, you're a really great carpenter, and I need you to make a, a table for me. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, how about I make your table, and um, you are a great musician. I'm looking to learn the flute. Awesome. All we do is spend our time. And then, obviously, 
the raw materials for a fucking table. But whatever. Um, great idea. But, you know, he markets it as, like, oh, this is a new, is an innovation based on the old principle of time banking, but a newfangled tech thing. That he invented. <laughs> exactly. That he invented. And he can solve the problems of inner city America, blah, blah, blah. So, on this, on, for what it is, I like time banking great. I'm glad that's even in a conversation. But from coming from a tech bro, where a lot of those fuckers are really, their social justice and their social thinking is quite often limited by how much fucking money they can make. Um, I don't trust them fully. Yeah, I mean... Um, he's like, weirdly enough, he's actually probably the, one of the favorites for like white supremacists on like, like white nationalists on, on 4chan because he's like mentioned, he's like talked about like declining white birth rates and shit. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's one of the, yeah, he's, he's, he's on that shit. Um, but like, again, like he's a tech billionaire that should be more than enough to tell you basically most of most of what you need to do with it like what what like most of what you need to know um and like the general and like the, one of the, again the, the, like, along with the ubi like with the ubi thing his like whole thing is like automation is gonna like wipe out the job market and shit and it's gonna, like yeah it is but like the answer isn't necessarily ubi or like or, or it, the answer isn't like giving people a thousand bucks and just like just letting them die i guess uh, or like just hope for the best and do make hope they make the right decisions or whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever bootstrap bullshit he spouts. Um, it's to fucking socialize the means, dude. <laughs> like that's the fucking answer. Not, not all this fucking weird Silicon Valley bullshit. Yeah. Those fuckers got too much time on their hands to come up with just shit that really benefits them. But it sounds like, Oh Yeah. This will change the world. Like, remember how Facebook changed the world? How we're interconnected? <laughs> yeah, Facebook. Uh, now all the boomers are like basically want to murder us. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, dude. Thank you. So, do you have any more to say about this Andrew Ling Yang fuck? I really don't. I, I don't. I mean, he's. He's a novelty candidate at best. Um, he's not going to really do much. Um, like uh, he's he's doing the same thing as, as Mike Gravel, which is like um, trying to get as many like small donations just to get to hit that sixty five thousand mark uh, to get to the debates. Um, but 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 unlike Mike Gravel, he's actually like at least as far as he says, like he intends to like go for the goal. He wants to be president. Um, but. I, I, I again. I, I don't think anything's gonna. I don't think he's gonna, anything's gonna come out of it. Um, I don't know if. I don't think he's really gonna do. He's, he's not even that popular. Um, only with like very small like niche circles. Um, yeah, I mean he's, he's he's gonna be nothing, and he will continue. I mean, at best, this is like a publicity. This will be a publicity bump for him. Yeah. All right. So with that, that concludes our. Um Waltz through the garden of new Democratic candidates for 2020. 
Thank you. Yeah. All right, gang. We've reached the end of another episode. I just want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color. My name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo. You can find me at B Peyton Carrillo on Twitter. And you know what? I look forward to hanging out with you guys in the near future. Adios.